0: Today on Doomed, the Bolivia coup gaslighting was real folks, it was real. On today's episode of Doomed with Matt Binder, we will dive into the investigation that uncovered a coordinated bot campaign that aided in the Bolivia coup, by insisting it was not a coup. Folks, there's a swerve in who's behind this plot that you won't want to miss. And joining me to break it all down, Salon Politics writer Igor Dersh. And he will join me in just a second. But before that, patreon.com slash mattbinder. Support the show, doomed, uh, doomedpod.com to subscribe on uh, iTunes and Google Play and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And on YouTube at youtube.com slash Matt Binder. Subscribe there if you aren't already. Uh, And now let me pull my guest Igor up on the feed so you can see us. Here we go. And there we go. Igor Dersh of Salon. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Uh, It is a pleasure. I'm really excited to talk about this uh, because as I was telling you beforehand, Uh, When I was covering uh, the Bolivia coup uh, that deposed of President Morales back in November, it was like a stream of comments, whenever you would just mention the words Bolivia and coup in the same sentence online, that basically was insisting that it was not a coup. But before we get into that, uh, for people who maybe weren't listening to this show back in November, or just... Uh, weren't really following what was going on in Bolivia. Can you give us a quick sort of summary or breakdown? It doesn't necessarily have to be quick, but just a summary or breakdown of what happened to begin with.
1: Sure. I mean, I was just saying before the show, like this is the perfect week to talk about it because of a vote counting issue. So basically what happened is uh, Evo Morales was uh, behind in the polls or he, he was not going to reach the, the threshold. And there was a delay in the quick count. In Bolivia, at something like 84%, and then when he came back, he had passed the threshold that he needed to win on the first round. So this happens, from what I read. For, I mean, I'm not a Bolivia expert. I just pursued this story out of my own curiosity because American media has just not covered this at all. So from what I found, I uh, just out of research, is this is pretty standard practice. You count until you realize, uh, until you find who who won the vote. And then you report the final votes. So when the final votes were reported, he had passed the threshold. And this set off a firestorm. The OAS, the Organization of American States, which is this election monitor body based in the U.S., funded mostly by the U.S., released this uh, concern statement that they're alarmed about what's going on, what's up with this quick count, even though, again, this seems pretty standard and routine. Uh, Researchers, uh, there's a great article here in The Guardian. Uh, research from University of Cambridge, Te- uh, University of Texas, University of Mexico, all over, found all the same, all the same trends. They were basically followed the same trajectory as the results were going. So there was no, no sudden spike in the count, but because of the delay, because of this U.S.-backed sort of concern, uh, there, there was protest. And the protests grew violent. They were led by this guy, Luis Fernando Camacho, who's connected. He's this far-right millionaire. He's connected to some really terrible groups, some Christian fascist uh, paramilitary groups. And they they got violent. They became they began setting fires to uh, members of Morales's party. And the military uh, urged Morales to resign, which. He did, because that's what you do when the military urges you to resign. And after that happened, uh, Janine Añez, who was the second vice president, uh, sort of declared herself the president. Uh, She issued an order that basically allowed security forces to shoot protesters, which they did. Uh, 30 people have died, have been killed since uh, uh, Morales' resignation. Uh, And as as this is happening, like you said, uh, there's there's all these thousands of new Twitter accounts that pop up and they're all tweeting the same thing verbatim in English. Friends from everywhere in Bolivia, there's no coup, which is totally normal for thousands of Bolivians to say verbatim at the same time. (laughs) So it's unclear how many are fake. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm sure thousands of Bolivians may have signed up for Twitter. There was a lot of action happening in Bolivia around that time. Uh, according there's this group, uh, this organization, the Inter-American Commission of Human Rights, uh, they they researched, they they observed some of the, I guess they, well, they, they investigated it. They found 68,000 accounts uh, were created just in like the eight days surrounding the coup. And there's 250,000 accounts total that shared. Um, there's these 14 hashtags. Uh was things like uh, Morales is a fraud and, you know, things like that. Right. So there was a total of 1 million tweets that shared these hashtags during that time. This was not really covered in American media. Spanish media covered this. Uh, I, I noted there was an El Diario report that I cited in my in my article that discussed you know how common it is for dirty war operations like this to happen in Latin America. Right. And hmm, sorry. Before we
0: get before we get into the bots and this camp this coordinated campaign basically to spread misinformation and propaganda. I just want to really stress that, you know, when when, when this happened, if you were, and I was someone who experienced this, if you were tweeting about the coup in Bolivia, which it was a coup, uh, these bots would come out and forcefully, just like you said, repeat the same thing verbatim. And it was almost like it was really, it was one of the more interesting moments of gaslighting I've ever seen online. Because, you know, when you, you know, let's say you go online and you talk about whatever, whatever you're, you're talking about that, uh, you know, the uh, someone on the right will disagree with or whatever, you know, they'll have some people who, you know, it's you can tell it's not coordinated and they're real people because they'll reply and they'll be like, you know, they'll say something and they'll maybe call you an asshole or call you some other words and they'll insist whatever they're pushing that's uh, not in line with what you believe. But this, it was like the second you would say something, it was boom, 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 boom. All these counts in a row, all with just a few followers each, all set up literally that month or maybe the month before max. And it was just like copy and paste the same thing. It was like there was no personality to it. There was no like, oh, I can tell there's an angry person behind this. It was like, I don't know, like if, if the Stepford Wives were all sitting at a computer and just writing to you in mass on Twitter. It was bizarre. And it was like, it was so, so many of them that it really was like, and, and the weird thing is, and I guess, you know, maybe, like you said, there, so maybe a lot of people in Bolivia don't really use Twitter until this happened. There really was no pushback on the other side. No. there wasn't like a campaign of pro morales people online using the internet to try to uh massage the media in their direction there was none of that so it was almost so that the gaslighting campaign to convince you that this was not a far right coup in bolivia and you were the one that was crazy for saying so really worked i mean i don't mean it worked on me in a way that i believed it wasn't a coup but it made me think like man, do the people of Bolivia, you know, part of me was like, do the people of Bolivia really support this? Because I'm not seeing anything on the other side.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a lot of the research I looked like, uh, there was a researcher in Spain, I was just looking up his name, Julian Macias Tavar, he found that like 48,000 of these accounts were just created in four days. And another researcher found that uh, there was, like you said, no similar... um, sort of coordinated or any kind of effort on the left, especially at this time, because Morales and many of his party members and their families had to flee the country because of the violence. So but one of the other things that Tavar discovered was that there was a single account that contributed about 13,000 retweets to these hashtags, and he was able to post as many as 69, uh, retweet as many as 69 posts in a single second. And he just happens to be this U.S. Army veteran that lives thousands of miles away in Austin, Texas.
0: Oh, that's Didn't the they- swerve. That's what I let everyone know. That's the swerve. That's the M Night Shyamalan swerve at the beginning of the. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show in the intro. Who would have thought that? I know this is not proof of official U.S. Uh, I mean, but we do know in other ways. I'm talking about specifically this coordinated online bot campaign. We don't know. I believe we don't know. If this is, there's no proof that this is a U.S. government coordinated thing. No, but right. I mean, but, the,
1: whole, the, the general effort is U.S. backed.
0: Right. The general effort, definitely, we've, we've, you know, I was telling you before the show started actually, not to, we'll, we'll get into this guy in a second, how in November I had uh, Janice Vidaza on the show, and she was one of the more prominent voices online supporting the opposition, who I guess I can confirm isn't a bot. because she was on the show. She's a founder of uh, Standing Rivers, which is an organization in Bolivia that uh, is not a fan of Morales. And she wanted him to step down. According to her, uh, she agrees with a lot of Morales' positions. She considers herself to be on the left, even though if you listen to that hours-long debate I had with her, I would say that's suspect that she is on the left. Uh, But I spoke with her. We had a debate and she claimed that she likes Morales' positions, but she didn't want him to have a third term, and she cheered uh, Janice... Uh, excuse me. Janine... Her name is Janice Daza. She cheered Janine Añez becoming president because, according to her, she was happy to see a, a woman president, which, eh, this is not the way. Uh, and, and she believed Añez when she said that she was only going to do this, become the interim president, to make sure legitimate elections are held and she won't be running. Now, Igor, can you tell us what we've learned in the past few weeks about what uh, Janina Añez is planning to do in Bolivia? Uh, Spoiler, everybody.
1: (laughs) Could you repeat that? I broke up a little bit.
0: Oh, that's all right. Um, Oh, wait, what's that? Uh, okay, we lost uh, some internet connection for a second, but it's alright. We're still we're still running. Um can you give us uh can you tell us, uh Igor, what we recently learned about what uh Janine Anez, the interim president of Bolivia, plans to do in the upcoming elections?
1: I believe she plans to run, sir.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh yeah, so We're learning that everything that was pushed about the Bolivia coup uh, pretty much appears to be not true. And the people who thought it was a coup, which it was, was correct because it is a coup.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, if we step back a bit, I mean, Morales is an interesting figure. I mean, um, he's obviously socialist economically. But, you know, by all objective measures, he helped the country a lot economically, especially when it came to indigenous rights. He was a big champion of supporting the indigenous people who live out in the rural areas. And he was also a big supporter of creating a secular government and moving sort of this Christian fundamentalism out. So, you know, you could see how conservatives, the, the way we see them here in the U.S., would, would, would not like him and how they could get support here here in, from
0: America. Right. So let's get into this guy, this U.S. Army vet who created this bot army uh of his own well, no
1: uh, i should clarify he didn't create the army he participated in it ah, in the, so he created so what he created is an algorithm it's as he describes it it's 25 lines of code he says any sort of coding student can do it and so basically he created this short algorithm and from thousands of miles away he was able to boost all, a bunch of these uh, thousands of accounts many of them are fake and so... amplify these hashtags while they were relevant.
0: So before we talk more about this guy, I actually want to get into this because I, I, I guess I, I, I came into this uh, I guess misread. Who is behind these 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 bots?
1: Well, that remains unclear. Uh-huh. Um, we, we we see some of the people linked to it. Um, there, there's obviously uh, you mentioned before the show that the, the human rights campaign and. Obviously, there was. Uh, I mentioned in, in my article that there were recordings of some of the opposition leaders that discussed, I don't know if they actually discussed, but it was, they discussed among themselves talking to Senator Ted Cruz, Senator Bob Menendez, and other U.S. politicians.
0: Right, right. So that's really interesting because now I'm, oh, there's a story here uh, uh, that I hope you continue to look into, this guy. So tell me more about uh, what we know about this I guess the one person we could identify who is involved in this bot, uh, campaign.
1: Yeah. So he's a 39 year old army vet. Uh, he served in the army for six years, served a little under a year in Afghanistan, but he's just, you know, he's a vehicle mechanic. Uh, he now works for an automotive company in Austin, Texas. And from what I understand, he's a freelance, uh, stack developer and does some other things like coding. Um, he's on Facebook openly bragging about this, which, you know, I, I gotta say, I kind of respect the transparency. He posted. He shared a lot of the uh, uh, the research that I cited. Uh, he, he joked that it, it made him not to see, seem like a cyber Rambo, um, but you know he he played a, a large part in this. And he says that he managed not to violate Twitter rules. Twitter has a cap of something like three thousand retweets you can do a day. So he programmed it to not violate that. When I reached out to Twitter, they just gave me like a generic response, but. His account has never been suspended. This is all perfectly legal, and anyone can do this from home. Anyone can jump into a coup effort and you know, spread this information.
0: Now, this guy, did he – what do we know about his – I mean, obviously, he's a right-winger. What do we know about his involvement, if any, in politics here? Like if this guy is uh, – again, it. it seems like he did something pretty simple uh, in terms of the technology behind it. But if this guy is going out of his way to help with the uh, coup in Bolivia, do we know about any of his any coordinated efforts that he's involved with here?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I try to look into that, and really, he's just a freelance coder. Like he just made this as a, I guess a hobby. He says he 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 did it because he was upset that there were uh, paid leftists. Uh, propaganda smear merchants. They were funded by narco uh, trafficking money, which you know there's no evidence of this. So he said that he did it in response to it. Whether he's involved in, in, in a coordinated effort beyond you know my reach, I don't know.
0: Now, has has there been a response from the left in Bolivia about this? Like, have you heard or supporters of? Because I'm sure there are outside groups who are supporting Morales. Uh, still, obviously. Have we heard any, uh, response from them about what you uncovered?
1: No, I I haven't heard anything. Um, this was all based on stuff that, uh, was sent over by a Bolivian woman who reached out to Salon with a lot of this research. None of this was really mentioned anywhere in U.S. media. The U.S. media basically took the OAS statement and regurgitated it a bunch of times and added Trump's, you know, praise for the, for the, uh, resignation of Morales. Uh, left um spanish media and spanish researchers have been tracking those for months so this has been going around bolivia for months it just hasn't been picked up here
0: now these accounts what is there anything that that is there any obvious uh uh is there any sort of uh, what are some of the attributes i should say of these accounts that that are being used like how can we other than what they say but how can you be sure that these are the accounts that are part of the bots uh, the bot, uh, this bot campaign, like do these accounts all use a specific sort of uh, uh, theme of pictures, uh, sort of uh, a uh, string of usernames that are similar? What are some of these attributes that we can basically look at and say, okay, this is definitely uh, being used in a misinformation campaign?
1: That that's a bit uh, beyond my pay level. Um, what, what had the way that we were that the researchers here were able to identify his patterns were that he was literally tweeting as many as like sixty nine posts in a single second, which is really hard for someone not automated to do.
0: Right, right. So, I mean, this is this is interesting to me because as we approach obviously our elections here, um, I mean here we have just a single individual doing this. I mean we've seen it. In 2016 and, and and after these sort of campaigns being used to spread uh, basically this whether it's fake news or disinformation or basically just trying to gaslight people to make them believe what uh, they know is true to be false, um, we've seen that here already. But I think to me the 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 audacity about this one specifically is like I mentioned before the the level of gaslighting when there was no pushback from the other side. But also, I think it's just the idea that this one reactionary right winger from the U.S. can just jump into. And this is the part that's most fascinating to me. I'm dying to know who he's assisting here. Is it. it, Because of. Honestly, like from from
1: reading way too much of his social media, um, he really. I mean, he's a hardcore Trump guy. Most of his. Twitter feed is like – he he did an NRA fundraiser for his birthday. He posts a lot of army memes and he posts a bunch of violent things that he blames on Evo Morales and his people. This guy does strike me as a true believer.
0: Oh, so you – right. So you think this is just some guy who's doing this because this is where he stands? I
1: I mean I'm sure – I'm not saying he's not ruling out that he may be part of a larger effort but I I do believe that he he views Evo Morales as like this – narco trafficking monster
0: right but what i guess i'm saying is that like you know you you told me how like you know he didn't create these bots like he's basically just helping right. a larger campaign yeah. so i'm dying to know actually what is behind these bots because do we even know that these bots were created by the opposition in bolivia like this could be you know he, he you mentioned how he's working with these this this bot effort from thousands of miles away, and I mean that is true, obviously, because it's these bots are meant to affect the outcome of an election uh, in Bolivia, which is not in America. But I wonder if you know who he's coordinating with is also thousands of miles away, or if they're just maybe a couple dozen miles away. You know, that's that's the question.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that that's really what made me interested in this is just that just participated. In the overthrow of a government without ever leaving his living room.
0: Now let's let's actually, you know, because we're talking here about you know this whole thing started because of election results that uh, basically halted, and they didn't come out. There was a, a pause in these election results being uh, being reported uh, in Bolivia, and I can't help but think that you know. We, uh, the United States said that this was suspect, and this is why there must have been some sort of cheating or election fraud going on uh, to benefit Morales. And you know, it's impossible to do this episode on here we are, February 6, 2020.: And ignore the day fact four
1: of a two-hour caucus.
0: Day four of a two-hour caucus in Iowa for the Democratic Party. Uh, where the election results were literally halted and then were slowly dripped out over the past few days. First, it was something like 50% and then 60-something percent and then 71% and then 75%. And then they made an error and they had to change it. Right, exact right, right. Can't forget that. And then we got to 97%. Here we go. And then all of a sudden, uh, the DNC chair, Tom Perez, comes out and goes, hold the phone, we're starting all over again. And I know you wrote something about all the errors here, and I just, you know, this is, you know, I, I did want to have you on to talk about this Bolivia uh, uh, this Bolivia report that really, again, only you've covered this, uh, this bot campaign, which when this was happening, everyone who I know on the left in the U.S. who was interested in this we're pointing these accounts out as like, what the hell's going on here? And the fact that like no one seems to have really looked into this any further until now is is crazy to me. So I really appreciate you doing that. But it's impossible to, I think, continue this conversation without also talking about this recent article you wrote, basically breaking down uh, how our Iowa Democratic primaries, the first in the nation, uh, broke down here. Uh, can you just quickly I guess uh, why do I keep saying quickly we have all the time in the world on this show it's my show Can you run down what happened in Iowa now that there's this you've been reports about all these other errors and why basically Tom Perez is calling for a re what is it a re-canvass
1: re-canvas, which
0: yeah. I mean in a primary election I understand what a re canvas means because you have paper votes uh, where people go into a booth and, you know, but when he said a re honestly, I know this is not what he meant. But the first thing that popped in my mind was like, this guy expecting, uh, everyone to, uh, forcibly get everyone to go back to their caucus site and vote exactly how they voted that night. Like what's going no, on here?
1: That would be a fitting next step. <laughs> Don't
0: yeah, want to no. give them any ideas. They might just yeah. do it.
1: We thought it was crazy on Monday, but it was crazier yesterday because as the results were coming out after the Democrats, quote, did quality control checks on the votes, they had to issue an adjustment, a correction to the results. Uh, In some cases, in Des Moines, there were votes that were for Bernie that went to Deval Patrick, which is completely implausible. Uh, There were votes for uh, Elizabeth Warren that went for Tom Steyer, and they were able to fix some of those uh, mistakes. But the New York Times, the Upshot guys, they, they analyzed a lot of these results, and they found that in over 100 precincts, there were errors. And in some cases, there were results that were just mathematically impossible. So in some cases, they were allocating more delegates, more state delegate equivalents uh, to a candidate that was behind than the candidate who was ahead of them. In some, in some they were just giving out more delegates than they even had in that precinct. And then as this all is happening and, you know, Dubshad needle, that awful, awful needle is predicting that Buttigieg is going to win like 99 percent. All of a sudden, these satellite caucuses that Sanders people helped organize all around the country and even like overseas and just in college campuses in Iowa for registered Iowa voters, they start coming in they're like heavily pro Bernie. So he was able to close the gap but like to like 0.1% today and exactly like you said, Tom Paris comes out and says, yeah, we should recount all this. You
0: know, it's, it's, it's amazing to, to me that, you know, when these bots come in and tell everyone that the Bolivia coup is not a coup and then you have all these, and I want to really stress here because I don't think I, I stressed it enough when we were, when I first brought it up. This was not just like the, the the belief was in the U.S. from the media and everything that this was a coup and these bots were just trying to change our minds. No, this was literally like the media here was not reporting it as a coup. Like they oh, yeah. were specifically going out of their way to use any word but a coup, even though, again, this was the definition of a right-wing coup. The military called for this guy to step down. Right-wing fundamentalists in that country took over. literally that guy you t- brought up Camacho he was part of like when i say when we say far right i'm not talking about like you know uh, i don't know like even like a uh, uh, a ted cruz here although i guess we could if you really wanted to go into it being that you know if you're okay with what's going on then you're probably but you know you're basic republican let's put it that way i mean literally this camacho guy was the, the guy leading groups, there's videos out there of these, these groups, sick like hailing and doing all sorts of like literal Nazi things. Like, this is a literal fascist organization that Camacho's, Camacho was running. And this guy helps uh, this coup happen. And we have this now far right president of Bolivia who basically the first thing she did when she got in there was bring in a giant bible and pronounce that God is now back in the uh the presidential palace. It's stunning to me that here we have the media in that scenario saying, "Oh, it's not a coup, it's not a coup when we now know it's a coup." And there were these bots and coordinated misinformation campaigns to try to convince us and then in any stretch you know, in any stretch of the imagination You know, that would be something that you would label a conspiracy. Uh, The very smart people, I should say, the very serious pundits would label a conspiracy if it was the same thing going on in Iowa. Like we have the left here seeing this Iowa results and going, hey, something really fishy is going on with this. And that's being labeled like, oh, these guys are conspiratorial. But when the Bolivia thing happened, it was the complete opposite. It's like we're living literally in bizarro world.
1: It was literally the basis to overthrow a government.
0: Right, right, so you know uh, it's it's the 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 idea that we are you know it, it's it's crazy times honestly because- and, and here's another thing that I, I want to bring up, uh, and maybe you could speak to this a little bit too. Let me actually ask you this. I'll pose this as a question first of all. Was Russia involved in this online disinformation disinformation campaign igor
1: um, i haven't I haven't seen evidence that Russia was involved. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure.
0: Did you find any WikiLeaks involvement?
1: No, no no Assange here.
0: <laughs> I mean, again, if you had found a Russian... Inform- oh, let me ask you another question. Uh, was the uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guard anywhere around this?
1: I don't believe they were involved.
0: No? Uh, okay, just making sure. The Chinese, any China involvement here?
1: I, I hadn't. <laughs> Haven't seen
0: it. <laughs> I really appreciate you answering these in the most serious <laughs> manner possible. It's because you know what I'm talking. Well, you know what I'm getting at. If you uncovered sure. an operation that was being run by China or Russia or you know, and when I say run by China or Russia, let me also say if you found an operation that was just run by somebody in Russia where we don't have any proof of. Direct government involvement is just some Russian hacker or Russian programmer running this. This would have been a story that every uh, political uh, blog, political news website, tech website. You would have seen this in The Verge. You would have seen Axios cover this, The New York Times, Washington Post. This would have been a story that would have been picked up every, everywhere. And
1: I will give The Verge credit. They did do one article that I saw on it.
0: Ah, they did well. Then credit to The Verge. I didn't mean to throw The Verge under the bus there, but you know it's something that you would see get picked up by all these different places, and it's baffling to me that what a, a right wing reactionary who worked in the who was a U.S. military vet working on a coordinated effort for some shadowy uh, misinformation campaign who we don't actually know who's running. Uh, Basically creating the entire discourse online about Bolivia doesn't get any sort of uh, attention.
1: Yeah, like I said, when I was trying to research it, I had to rely almost entirely on Spanish language media. Everything here was just a regurgitation of the OAS line. I'm really surprised that more organizations didn't try to pursue it after they saw what was happening. Like you said, the whole Bible thing, there's a huge wave of Christian fundamentalists. There's, There's the whole big lithium thing that a bunch of corporations want to get their hands on because Bolivia's is sitting on a ton of lithium there's a you know there, there's a lot of reasons that people from outside of bolivia want to get involved in bolivia and you know it's all the more suspicious when you consider who's in charge of for u.s foreign policy in south america here mike pompeo and mike pence
0: right so you you had mentioned and also in your piece you had mentioned uh, about the uh, spanish language reporters and the uh the people who are looking into this data. What is the, the media over there? Uh, well, first of all, when you say Spanish language, are these organizations and outlets in Bolivia or are these other uh, based out of other Latin America countries or even, I guess, just Spanish speaking countries around the world?
1: Yeah, so El Diario did a lot of stuff on this. They're based in Spain. Um, he gave an interview to Carrero uh, de Sur, which is based in, in Bolivia. And there was some other um, Argentinian outlets. There were other outlets who were involved in this. Spanish language media is very interested in what's going on. It's a really fascinating story, and there's so many questions still to be answered, but it just doesn't appear there's nearly enough people trying to dig into this.
0: Now, what is, the, what is the, the coverage over there like for, for all this stuff? When, 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 are, I mean, you, I assume being that you, you worked with the, uh, the people involved in reporting it there. Um, for your uh, report, what, how, how is their coverage going? Like, outside of the U.S. in these Spanish-speaking countries, is, is this affecting how people view what happened to Morales and who's currently in charge in Bolivia?
1: Yeah, I think it definitely affects a good sizable portion of people. I've definitely seen a lot of reactions um, on on Twitter and online. Um, But, you know, it's very cautious, you know, because it's still there's still so many questions left to be answered. It's hard to really pinpoint. It's hard to really blame any specific group or person. So there's a lot of suspicion, a lot of skepticism of the official government line, both in Bolivia and overseas. But it's really hard right now, because, maybe because so few people are digging into this, to really get to the bottom of it.
0: Let me ask you this Is is The, the coordinated campaign that I've seen is obviously all in English because they were targeting uh, someone who mm-hmm. they believe is living in the US, obviously. Was there also an involved campaign for uh, the people who are in these uh, other, for you know, majority Spanish speaking countries?
1: Well, I mean, the tweets were in Spanish, so
0: right, right, right. No, but I'm talking about you know were these separate campaigns, or is this guy involved with both?
1: Um, from what I understand, uh, the research mostly focused on the hashtags, which were spread just as a general anti-Evo thing, not just in Bolivia, but in Sp- like Spanish language countries, but conservatives also.
0: Got it. So this is you know it's it's you know it's a. Well, you know, another thing, basically, is that, and we didn't even, you know, you mentioned it earlier, and we sort of just, we kept, because we were involved in figuring out who was behind this bot campaign and learning more about, what is this uh, Army vet's name again?
1: Luis Suarez, like the foot, like the soccer player.
0: Right. Oh, man. What a, and this is where he decided to go instead of uh, using that name for, you know, if you're going to run an online uh, scam operation... He could easily have used that name to somehow uh, impersonate the soccer player, and probably found a more lucrative uh, grift. But I guess you know you go with what you believe in. Uh, <laughs> so the the another you know so we we wanted to get to that stuff, and we sort of just passed by this. But I want to get back to this. Twitter's response to you is really incredible, especially after this company has come out. And really pushed that they were not going to be, they were not going to pull a Facebook, and they were going to be much more on top of misinformation, and uh, you know, basically uh, getting involved uh, and stopping uh, uh, ca- uh, coordinated efforts to uh, mislead users, especially when it comes to an election. But when it comes to this, a foreign countries. Uh, politics. It seems like their response to you is basically, you know, uh, we're not going to apply the political terms of service, our politics terms of service to this, this, you know, our overall terms of service, this completely uh, non-authentic, non-organic um, use of our platform. We're going to say it's just, if, if, if not okay, at the very least, we're hands off here
1: yeah well this is something he brags about. He brags about that he that he's gone through all the Twitter terms and conditions and made sure that his algorithm meets all the terms of service and that's how he's been able to avoid getting shut down but it is really questionable that a person can retweet thousands of posts a day sometimes dozens of them in a single second, and that Twitter's just okay with that
0: is do you are you aware of whether uh Suarez has tried or is planning to, because maybe he's been bragging about his next project, to branch out outside of Twitter. Because, you know, Twitter is a great place for these sorts of efforts because there's a very large uh, media contingent on Twitter, very large political discourse on Twitter. Like, these are uh, niches and topics and industries and markets that are that make up a major portion of the user base on Twitter, but mm. you know, like I just brought up Facebook uh, youtube there's you know facebook a lot more you know older audience who's more susceptible to these sorts of gaslighting and misinformation and fake news campaigns YouTube you could easily just Create sort of create content, and this content gets recommended, and viewers get sucked into the, you know, the the rabbit hole of constantly just uh, consuming this sort of information that may not be true, but obviously it 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 works in terms of warping their mind into believing it. Are you aware of whether this person is planning to um, broaden his uh, the online platforms? He's. Uh, spreading propaganda
1: on? Yeah, so he's a little different than, than the propagandist, right? He, he, he's found a way to boot, sort of game the algorithm and boost the people that are making propaganda to much wider audiences. So, and, and I think that the reason that he picked Twitter was because it was so easy to game their system. And again, I have no reason to believe it was not anything other than 25 lines of code. And I think that's the reason that he targeted Twitter was so easy to do. And also that's where a lot of this was happening at the time. He said he did it in response to what he said were Pay left his tweet, but he, he started this right around the same time that all these accounts started popping up. But he had been on Twitter before. This is just when he started doing the retweet bomb bomb.
0: I, I love that this guy calls himself Cyber Rambo. It is just, you know, it is you know, if if you if you wanted to it's too on the nose, honestly. Like this is all so ridiculous to begin with. And then this guy calls himself Cyber Rambo. Uh, Igor, thank you so much for joining us. I want to make sure, is there anything else from what you've discovered uh, or any follow-ups you're, 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 you're working on that, you can, uh, that you'd like to add? Any additional things that we might have touched, that I've touched on, on on this campaign and or on the Bolivia coup in general?
1: No, I just think it it would be worth it for people to pay attention to what's going on in Bolivia because a lot of what's going on in Bolivia is fully supported by our government and it's a really scary place that, that they're going.
0: Uh, Igor uh, Durrish of yep. Salon, politics writer at Salon. Uh, I knew how to say your last name. I just wanted—I was in the middle of pulling up yeah. the uh, the page that had all your information. Where can people find you? online so they can read your your latest work
1: yeah i'm um, igor darish on salon i'm igor darish on twitter those are the two main places you can find me
0: all right thank you so much for joining us tonight
1: thanks so much for having me take care you too
0: all right folks let's let's do some uh let's go to the uh second half of the show that's uh Oh boy, it looks like we're getting hit by a bot campaign right now, actually. This is hilarious. All right, let me pull up. We got in the comments here on both Periscope and YouTube. Seems like there's a bunch of people uh, trying to uh, convince me that um, it is indeed actually not a coup. Very interesting. All right, so patreon.com slash Matt Binder. That's how you could support this show. We will be covering uh, the Bolivia coup much more as we obviously get to those elections. We'll see what happens with Jean Anez. Um, I'm going to reach out to Janice Daza again. Hopefully, she'll come back on this show uh, because I want to ask her what happened what you said was going to happen didn't happen. And what I said was going to happen is what's happening. Um, and I, I just, I don't understand why this is not, I get why we're not seeing this on CNN and MSNBC. They don't care about foreign policy. Uh, and, and I mean, in foreign, you know, what's happening around the world, that's how the United States to begin with. But I don't understand in this world where we're currently obsessed with russian disinformation and iran and china running their own disinformation campaigns and you see facebook and google and microsoft and twitter and and all these big tech companies come out and report whenever they find these uh coordinated influence campaigns why are we not seeing anything on this coordinated campaign in bolivia from the tech angle, again, I get the politics angle. US media doesn't care about this. It's sad but true. But from the tech angle, where they don't look at it as a politics issue, so it doesn't matter where it's coming from, it's simply companies in the US failing to uh, properly uh, protect their platforms. Why is this not a bigger thing? I don't get it. It's 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 stunning to me. This is a, a a story, and it's a big one. From the tech angle, at the very least. Um, Patreon.com/slash/matbender support this show. It only asks for five dollars a month. You can give more. Uh, I'll probably end up creating higher tiers very soon. I want to really thank the people who have joined in the past few months and then also all those over the past month, I should say, and all the people who've stuck with this show throughout. And I would like to read their names to thank them right now. The people who make this show possible. Abigail T. Adam Q. Alan B. Andrew C. Andrew H., Angela, R-E-R, Ben, Benji, Bobby M, Brosnan, Champagne Kami, Christine H, Colin R, Connor R, Cracker Barrel, Cyber Snowstorm, Dan K, Dan M, Dank Uger, Dave K, David Z, Doug H, Dragonslayer, Eugene B, Fraz K, FTW All Day, George A, Greg D, Grimm, Ian Curtis J, Igor D, Jack D, Jamison Test, Janelle A, Jasmine H, Jeremy M, John B, John S, Jonathan B, Jonathan L, Joseph R, Joyce M, Justin S, Katie S, Kaushal, Laputin Machine, Lisa D, Lisa H, Mariah Mark S, Matt Z, Max W, User Me, Melissa M, Mitch V, Michael B, Michael J, Michael M, Mr. Danks, Nicole A, Nam Noel Nullstyle, O Death, Penelope D, Custer, Ryan, Scott R, Sean H, Stephen R, Stephen S, Steve A, Struggle Session, T M, Tammy G. Terence R, Thaddeus A, This Is Not Pizza, Tina M, Todd K, Tom M, Why That Tie Guy, Utopian, Zachary K, and last but certainly not least, Zoe G. Folks, if you are in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, I will be live at the Michael Brooks show tomorrow at the Bell House. I believe, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there are just a few tickets left. Some might be sold out. So, might only be a certain tier of tickets left. But, get your tickets if you live in Brooklyn, or in Queens, or in Manhattan, or in the Bronx, or in Staten Island, or if you want to drive there from out of state. Tomorrow, at the Bell House in Brooklyn, I will be a guest on the live Michael Brooks show. Uh... Check my Twitter. I'll have something retweeted so you can uh, ASAP, so you can buy your tickets. Um, You could also support this show by going to youtube.com slash mattbinder. Subscribe uh, if you are in there and want to give me a one-off donation. You can do that via a super chat in the feed on the live stream right now. Uh, What else? What else? What else? What else can you do for me? (laughs) Leave an iTunes review. Leave a Google Play review. If you haven't yet, really, just takes five seconds. Go to the Google uh, Play store. Go to the iTunes store. Leave a little written review. It actually helps promote the show. Tell your favorite podcaster, your favorite YouTuber, your favorite Twitch streamer, your favorite leftist personality, your favorite right-wing personality, your favorite internet influencer can't believe I'm going to use that word but it fits tell them that you want to hear Matt Binder on their show you want them as a guest you want me as a as a fill-in host like I recently did for Sam Cedar on the majority report uh, I see you Renee Renee in the chat dropping some uh, super chats um. Tell people you want to see me on their show. I'll get the word out. You'll get the word out. Tell your friends, your family, your acquaintances, your enemies that uh, about the show. Uh, and yeah, at Matt Binder on Twitter. Uh, I have been covering, you guys are getting so much content this week. Uh, I jumped on a two-plus-hour live stream at 12 a.m., On Monday night, talk about the Iowa caucus. I'm doing the show right now on the Bolivia bots. Tomorrow, I'm doing the Michael Brooks show, live at the Bell House. There is a debate tomorrow at the same time. I'm sure we'll be talking about the debate a little bit at the Michael Brooks show. But obviously, during a live show, it'll be hard to watch the entire debate. So what I'm going to do, this is the plan right now. And I'll keep you guys updated. Follow me on Twitter, Uh, If you're a Patreon subscriber, I'll put the information in there. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you should also be in the Discord channel where I'll tell you this, uh, give you up-to-the-minute information about the show's plans. The current plan is I do the Michael Brooks show. It's a great show. Get home late, obviously, because it's a live show at the Bell House. My goal is to watch a replay on my DVR of the debate so I can see everything. And I am currently planning to do a debate rundown like I've done for every other debate so far. But instead of right after the debate, because again, I have, will not have watched it after doing the Michael Brooks show, I will be doing it Saturday night. That's the current plan. Um, so I'm giving you guys so much content this week. I also, I forgot to tell you, I released a YouTube only episode uh, it's not a full episode because I'm giving all long-form episodes go up as the podcast on com, which gets disseminated through iTunes, Google Play, etc. But I will be doing short, YouTube-specific clips, uh, like your favorite YouTubers do, uh, breaking down specific issues uh, that, you know, I don't always get to via the uh, weekly uh, long-form show. Because... Uh, can only really cover one or two topics in an interview because uh, we really get into it with the guest on the uh, the uh, show, the live stream. All right, I think I've given you guys a whole uh, breakdown of what's going on. Um, oh yeah, the last episode of the YouTube, uh, the, the the YouTube uh, only content. I broke down Dave Rubin misunderstanding that the Bernie Sanders campaign uh, is saving money. If you don't understand what I'm saying, go watch the, uh, the, uh, the clip. YouTube.com slash Matt All right. We will now go into the patron-only half of the show. Patreon.com slash Matt For everyone else, uh, see you all next time on Doomed. You don't trust me and I don't trust you. I bet you wish you did and I know I do. Why have you got secrets? Because I know you have If you've got something to hide Then it must be bad A change's gotta come before